This episode of Absolutely Not is brought to you in part by Track and Assess. Bullying, discrimination, harassment, and racism is never okay, especially in the workplace. The Track and Assess mobile app allows you to store your thoughts, images, and documents in a secure private place, all while keeping tabs on your mental health. Download the app today and begin tracking everything. Remember, human resources is not your friend. Log it, report it, and hold them accountable. Learn more at trackassess.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I am dedicated to providing examples of setting personal boundaries at work and the vocabulary needed to name harm in those spaces. Some special announcements before we get into today's episode. Absolutely Not merch has dropped, so please visit my website and get all of your Absolutely Not goodies there. Here are some words that we use frequently on the show here. Boundary, dismissive, and gaslighting. Some of the behavior described in this episode may be behavior that you're going through at your workplace. Feel free to look up these definitions or you can find them on my resources page on my website, but know that we are here supporting you and we'll be able to help you through some of those situations that you may be going through. Today's episode is entitled The Power of Choices. I know, I have goosebumps. I'm so very excited about it. My special guest today is Manpreet Bawa. Manpreet is a father to two beautiful children, husband to an amazing wife, son to great parents, brother to lovely siblings, and friends to many wonderful people. After working over 20 years in IT services in corporate America and working for retailers across the world amid COVID, he came to a crossroads where he knew he had more to give. Wow. He enjoyed his work, but at the same time, it wasn't fulfilling. At this quest, and this quest gave birth to Intentional Incorporated, an empowerment program focused on helping people recognize the power of intentions and conscious choices. Today, he spends time helping individuals who are no longer happy with results from their work and know that they need to give more and receive more. Wow. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited uh, to share this. And, you know, uh, from the first time I saw you talk and then, um, you know, sort of following you on LinkedIn and looking at those episodes and the energy you bring. And at the same time, I, I, I see this emotional side of you, like where it's so rare that people who have strength are also able to show the, their emotions they are not holding. And that I love about you, Katrina. Like, I, I'm excited what we are going to unfold today. But yeah, thank you for having me here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for the kind words. I mean, I've I really hope that that's what people are receiving. So it's good to hear that that's what people are receiving. Um, I love your title for this episode, The Power of Choices. Of course, it ties into the work that you're doing. What Mm. else would you tell to people about them not feeling powerful enough to make hard choices? So um, the first thing uh, I would say is that recognizing that 
we all have been given the same power from the birth. And we knew it, you know, uh, if we look back into our childhood, we knew how to exert our choices. Like we were, when we wanted something, we got it, right? But as we grow adult, we forget like how do we exert that and not necessarily like childlike, childish, but you know, being able to pursue your choices and knowing, like you say, your boundaries, when you realize that it is something you don't want to do or it is something you want to do, then just going and not being afraid of failing. So it's a choice, right? And, and it all starts small. What I mean by that is most of us, we think our big choices are getting married, getting their job, finding that partner, getting good school, getting their pay. And they, they are big, but they don't come from um, um, you know, the sky. You have to have made so many small choices in yourself choosing yourself so that the bigger choices become easier. So the power of choice, in my opinion, comes from when you do the small acts, small things that are for you only, like that make you happy. And it could be, you know, I don't want to go to work today. I want to sleep one more hour. And that's a choice. When you recognize how important that one hour is for you and you, you don't worry about the consequences and you start to sort of stepping into your power, that power of choice is you know, revealed to you. And the more you do with the smaller choices, the more the bigger choices become so easy. It's, it becomes easy to stand up um, for a person at work. It becomes easy to stand against a bully because you have so much confidence by making those small choices um, that make you feel like you know yourself, like you are able to stand for who you are. Does that answer your question? Yes. Oh my gosh. And it, and it touches on so many things we talk about a lot here. One, I love that you touched on fear, the fear of consequence, the fear of um, and the decision that you're making to choose yourself first, um, could you talk about how boundaries kind of help you move into choosing yourself first? Yeah, um, so the, the thing is, um, uh, it, it, one of the things that helps us choose ourselves first is when we recognize that our choices always have consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And when we recognize that no matter what we try to think, we cannot measure our consequence, consequence of the choice as we sit now. I can look back and see how it resulted in something, but as I look forward, I cannot measure what it will. I can make up things. I can think, oh, it may not go well, it may go, go bad or something, but I cannot guarantee that those will be the consequence. So recognizes no matter what I do, I cannot measure the consequence. That allows me to have this uh, mindset that says, okay, if I cannot measure the consequence, maybe I should not be afraid so much about the consequence, right? Because the re number one reason people don't make a choice, it's not the choice itself, it's the consequence, right? If it goes wrong, I will be blamed. If it doesn't work out, I will not get the reward. Or if I do this, 
that person will tell me this, right? So the number one reason we do not make a choice is just because we are so afraid of the consequence. But when we come to this realization that I cannot measure the consequence and maybe my scale of measuring the consequence is also not right, then, then it gives you a little bit power or and uh, you know, courage that, okay, if I cannot measure and I don't know whether it will happen or not, I'm, I can take a chance, right? I can take a chance because I don't know what will result, but at least by taking a chance, I'm giving myself uh, authority or I'm allowing myself to see what it is right. and stepping into that unknown. So the first thing is realizing that, um, you know, we don't have uh, to measure the con uh, consequence itself. And then second thing is, what is your priority? Like, uh, if you're so afraid um, to make a choice, uh, then, you know, in that afraid uh, or in that fear, what are you doing to yourself? Mm. Like, what is happening to yourself? Because you're putting some other person's boss, coworker, family, whoever it could be, right? If you're putting something bigger than yourself and making a choice and and a lot of times it's not even a conscious choice that's the sad part of it you don't even realize that you're when you're not making a conscious choice of taking care of yourself you're unconsciously saying okay give me whatever you offer right Oof. nobody has me or you on their agenda their agenda is about them and that is how it should be my agenda should be just about myself first and then, because if I am able to take care of myself, then I'm allowing myself to take care of others. Mm, Does so, it make sense? Yes, that's so good. I love that. Um, I talk about this a lot. We can't pretend we have a crystal ball and pretend that we can predict the future. Oh, I know if I set a boundary with this person, they're going to be upset. We can't assume that or yeah. like you said, mayor. And I love your use of mayor because although we may be the governor of our own selves or the mayor of our own selves, we are not the governor of that other person. And we, yeah. we can assume that role or title or responsibilities of yeah. that town over there. Man, that's good. Um, but lastly, I love that you were able to tie it back into everyone should be putting their selves first. Um, and in that sense, we when we have that alignment, we start to see when people put themselves first, we're not offended by it. We're like, oh, okay, great for them. They set a boundary, good for them. Yeah. Um, have yeah. you ever seen someone, or recently has anyone set a boundary with you? Um, <laughs> yeah, my, my own daughter. <laughs> she, uh, it's funny, the other day, uh, I walked into her room and she's like, you're not allowed in here. This is our room and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'll make the mess I want to make. I'll clean when I want to do. And I was like, okay, fine. As long as you keep it in that room, <laughs> you know? So yeah, and she is six-year-old and she knows to set the boundaries. And, and, and I think because I, like you said, because I recognize the mm -hmm. importance of setting the boundaries, I'm able to allow her to set the boundaries. Otherwise, I'll be like, no, 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 you cannot do this. I'm the right she always challenges me like why do you get to make the rules just because you're my father doesn't mean <laughs> <you."> <laughs> and this is six-year-old so yeah i know uh, how to respect the boundaries because i respect my own boundaries 
and I'm kudos to your daughter. So happy for her being able to set boundaries so early. And I loved your use of the word challenging. Um, when people set boundaries with you, or when you set um, boundaries with somebody, it's you're challenging their mindset. Kind of, they believe that it's the hierarchy and where we stand in the power. Um, parameter or a spectrum. Um, mm. Have you ever had to challenge someone who was in a position of power over you? Oh yeah, <laughs> multiple times, and uh, and more than more often than not, it doesn't go right. Like people do not take, and and I think it's um, it could be uh, in the culture, like in the culture I grew up in India. Um, and challenging authority was never a good thing. Like it started, if I look back maybe 50 years, 100 or 200 years back, started with you didn't challenge or ask questions to your parents or your teachers out of respect. It wasn't like you're challenging their authority. But what has transpired over the years now is that anytime you question your parent, your uh, uh, you know, adults, any as a children, we were not uh, allowed to question any grown up in the household, uh, teachers, and then it went to the uh, workplaces. You cannot question your bosses. So, <laughs> I it's the first thing for me was to it was a challenge to challenge something like because if you grew up 20, 30 years and you were taught not to challenge, and now you're in a workplace. You, you cannot challenge because you don't recognize that power isn't there. You just become submissive to it. So uh, I would say initially as of my work, I was very submissive. I would just do whatever I was told. Um, and until it became to the place where, you know, it started to feel like I was sacrificing, like I was given something and I'll go back and I'm like, man, I should have said this. I, I should have done that. And then just having little ounce of a courage to just speak to maybe not the boss, but somebody who you know is not that big of a threat, uh, a friend or a, you know, uh, a lead at work and just trying with the small steps, but in a bigger ways, um, yeah, um, you know, uh, um, um, I'm trying to think about eight years ago, I was, at my work, I was supposed to, um, so I was in San Jose and I was supposed to fly every week to uh, LA, which is an hour and hour flight to work with a client. And I could decide to take a flight every day or stay there and it was paid. And I did that for a few months and then I felt like I don't want to do this anymore. And I told my boss um, that I don't want to do this. Um, I, I don't want to travel. And so we had to reason, but then they're like, okay, I cannot, because our company business requires people to travel. He could not make that exception for me. And it was, you know, I understood their part. Like if they make exception for one person, everybody's going to start saying, oh, I don't want to travel, but that's how their business runs. So, you know, it came to the point that I, he said, if you don't want to travel, you will have to quit the job. And um, I quit it and, um, because I just realized I, I, it was so much in my heart that I just don't want to travel. Like, And 
And at the last day, last hour, my boss was like, okay, I cannot allow you this exception as an employee, but if you became a contractor, you can we can set up the rules. And so we agreed um, of me working from a base location and not traveling. But, and I didn't know, like, I mean, I didn't have a job at that time. And next job, like where I would go, I didn't know what else I could do, but I just knew I didn't want to travel and I just held on to it. So I have challenged my uh, bosses or people uh, higher ups when I realize it is hurting me. That is amazing. And I know that you talked about so many less than positive times. And even though that was kind of less than positive until the very end, if yeah. you had not had that conversation with your boss, you wouldn't have had that outcome. There was no way that he would have known that you're having these difficulties, that you have these certain needs, that you feel uncomfortable doing the duties assigned to you, that you didn't want to travel that much anymore. So have yeah. that first step is literally making that choice and saying, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to tell them. Yeah, yeah. When you realize that um, that you know, you're sacrificing yourself for something you're not willingly doing or you're not getting anything like you sacrifice your family and you're doing willingly but you're not putting uh you know you know your heart is not sinking with it like you're there you're willingly happily doing sacrifice it's a very different thing but when you know that you know you're sacrificing and you just don't want it and you step into that power i think things come around and i've done that multiple times that's one example but every time i've stepped in and said no things have just fallen in line like and it it's not always fall in line at the same time it takes time but it falls in line because you tell not only you're telling your boss or the worker or whoever you're saying no but you're telling universe i want it this way right and universe responds okay you want it this way your command is my wish and you know this is what I'm going to deliver and it happens but it's again a choice like it goes everything goes back to choice are you putting yourself first do you know what you want because when you know what you want um, it's harder for people to uh, take advantage of you because you know hmm. um, I'm tearing up right now just at the mention of the universe um, for a really long time I thought that the universe was against me. Just like, oh great, I get all of the crap and shit and I just, it's awful here. I obviously do not have a place here to survive. But as mm -hmm. soon as I started saying, no, that's not what I want. These, mm -hmm. are, these are not the conditions I want to be in. Just like you said, okay, great. Here are the things that you want. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know that we're making it sound really easy, but anybody um, out there, just like Manpreet said, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes conditioning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could you kind of talk about the people in your life who were able to help you along to get to this boundary field life you're in today? Mm. So I think I was... Um fortunate that I always had a uh, good friends and I um, I had people who was doing well in their life so I had examples right 
And it wasn't like I could ask those questions or I had those questions either, but it was just knowing that if somebody is doing well, I could do, like I had a chance. And um, the one of the reasons that I said no to travel was at the time I was uh, working for the part-time working for a financial services company. And, um, you know, as part of that, we sell life insurance and all that. But with the travel, because I was on travel, I could was not able to focus there yeah. uh, because all my time I was whole week, I was out. So one day I come back and it's not working. And I wanted to focus there because it, to me, it was a chance for me to do better financially, being able to get in control. And in that company, there were leaders who just um, instilled confidence in you. And the reason they did it was the model of the company was all that, you know, the more you invest in your people, the more reward you get. So my boss, if he's investing or shouldn't say boss, but the lead in that company, um, if he's investing in me, in my growth, he'll make commission out of my growth, the business I make. So it was vested in trust, but, but that made them put so much energy and time into the people we bring in because you wanted to make sure that people do good because when they go good, you rise up. Mm -hmm. So it was like everybody's interest was vested in everybody. And that helped me. They showed me, I mean, I learned about leadership, choices, selling, um, um, getting, building confidence from everything from them. Um, they brought world-class uh, coaches, speakers, uh, which my IT services company did. They just had IT work. Go do this job, next job, next job. So I think I was fortunate that I was working with part-time and I wasn't, it wasn't like I was making a lot of money, but what they were giving me, the confidence and every time I went to the uh, training, they were like, you could do this. Mm -hmm. They were selling me the dreams, big dreams. They were showing people who have uh, come from, uh, you know, very uh, unfortunate uh, life uh, where, you know, they didn't have family to take care and, you know, they were on the roads and they became somebody from nobody. So those examples, I think, led me through and got me out and always made, helped me sort of shape myself and putting myself first because I had those examples in my life. Mm. Oh, and for anybody listening to this, please take away from this that you need examples. You will need, and you will need an organization who's willing to invest in you and your development. If you're not a part of one of those organizations today, you might have a choice to make <laughs> moving yeah. forward. <laughs> yeah, and and first choice is you invest in yourself. I, I think I, I wouldn't leave at the organization because when you invest in yourself, you will quickly recognize whether or not that organization is going to make time for you. Because, uh, um, for example, if I'm at a job and I know that uh, uh, organization is not going to invest, mm -hmm. I cannot wait for them to invest in me. I invest in myself and find better something where people will then invest in myself. Because when I start to invest in myself, everything changes because it starts to show up. 
I wouldn't be here sitting with you if I didn't make that choice. Um, um, you know, I went through all the seminars. Even when I wasn't making money, I was just investing. I was, they showed, okay, go listen to this guy. He's good in leadership. I'll go, I'll, I'll go because uh, I just knew I had so much to learn and get. And, and I didn't know that it was going to make a difference in a sense that as I was investing in my uh, that side of business or work and learning all these things, it started to shape me uh, into my IT career. Like I started to grow and people started saying, there's something different, there's something different. And I didn't know what that difference was. I can look back and say now what I was doing was all the reading and the time, but so yeah, invest in yourself, make that choice. That That's the biggest thing you can do to yourself. And this goes a lot into the entrepreneurship side of the house. Yeah. Um, when you start building into your business, just like you're doing, if for some reason the organization you're a part of is telling you like, why are you, like, why do you have your own business? Why are you side hustling? Or why are you doing mm. development outside of us? Then you know, oh, wow, you guys don't want me to develop. You want me to stay where I am. You kind of want to have that hold and power over. Yes. So big red flag for that one. Have you experienced that at all as you built up Intentional Incorporated? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I was just, just before the podcast, I was recording one of the incident because um, um, I was told that. So one of the times um, my... Uh, head of our company, we were having conversation and he was sort of pursuing me to do more in the IT company and forget about the side hustle uh, because he saw I was getting distracted with that and that was priority for me. And the way he was doing was that, okay, you know, you're not gonna, he was telling me that I'm, I'm not gonna make a lot of money in there mm -hmm. and that life insurance people are not seen as uh, you know, good people, they are not rated high, they don't have good uh, dignity and all that. And I just listened and I was like, yeah, yeah. But I said, in the end, I said, yeah, I still want to do it because that is mine, right? Just like this is your company, that is mine. I'm going to do that. And here's the thing. I did very small, like in those days, I wasn't doing, making a lot of money or doing a lot of sales because I was very new to sales. I didn't, and I was, I didn't have a um, urgency in a sense that I was comfortable making the money I was making in IT. So it wasn't like I had an urgent need to make money to do, you know, push, push, push kind of thing. But I was just doing whatever I could. And um, what I did was uh, I sold an insurance to one of the uh, guys. He was young, uh, I think was in late 30s, maybe 40. He had a five-year-old and a eight or nine-year-old uh, care. And just six months after I sold that insurance, he was diagnosed with the cancer. And another six months, he was gone, right? His wife didn't work much at the time when he was there um, uh, because she didn't need to. She was taking care of family. And they had a new home. But with that insurance policy, they were able to, if she wanted, she could have paid home. Yeah, she could have, uh, you know, saved some money for the children and not worry about going back to work. So when that happened, I realized even in my small steps, like I was doing so small, like I was doing 0.000001% of company's revenue, right? I was so small. 
it made a difference. Like that family, I knew those children were able to go to school. They had a shelter because I had made that one step. And and I would and I sharing this because a lot of time we get ridiculed. Like people will ridicule you when you're doing good. People will ridicule you when you're doing small, right? People will tell you so many things, but just listen to your heart. Like I listened, I knew the reason I kept doing that in the small because I knew I had a chance there and I kept going. And I and I I didn't until that point I didn't think I was doing good because I was marrying my success based on um uh based on what Paul taught me. But when that happened, it just shifted and I was like, okay, if everything just boils down to this, just me helping one family. And now they, the kids are in school, they will have a happy life, they will get married, their kids will again go to school. And you know, it, it's just a cycle, it will continue because I was able to help that family them, right? They they were they will be able to maybe um, um, celebrate their father's life because their father left them something, right? But it wouldn't happen if I listened to my boss who said, life insurance is bad, you're not going to make money. <laughs> so, oh, man. yeah, so I, I think uh, people will ridicule you. Just just do what is important. And no matter how small it is, you will never <laughs> know how small or big your action is. Um, in that moment, maybe years later, you look back, you will see. Uh, but make a choice to do what you want to do. Forget what world tells you to do. Nice to do what you want to do. I love that you also touched on, I was measuring my success based on what somebody else was telling you. Yeah, well. <laughs> Those metrics that you're measuring your success yeah. need to come from yourself. Um, I, I make way less money than I did when I worked for corporate America. Yeah. I am so flipping happy right now in the work that I'm doing. And um, so I have to measure my success differently than what other people that I previously worked with or that I see on LinkedIn are measuring it by. Yeah, it's your success is not money. Your success is the difference you're making. Somebody is going to make set up a boundary because you gave them the way, right? And that is your success. And and I think that's what we want. (laughs) Money is just, uh, I don't know who created the money, but it's just such a... uh, uh, it's just a sadistic way to look at the things and uh, and but it's the sad reality that everything revolves around money for us mm-hmm. um but hopefully someday <laughs> as people are getting more awake mm-hmm. they will realize that money is is just byproduct right and um just like you talked about before when you sacrifice a lot of yourself just to get that promotion or just to get that next paycheck you'll feel it. You feel it every single time you say, ah, I really don't want to travel or, ah, he said that weird joke again during the meeting. And I didn't say anything because I want to get promoted or I want him to like me. You Mm. definitely should set those boundaries, have those conversations because in the end it is you and you are the governor of your own town. But um, thank you so much for sharing all this amazing amazing insight today. I have learned so much. If you could share, what are your go-to phrases for setting boundaries with people? Um, I, I would say uh, know yourself. First thing is know yourself. Like what is important to you? Because if you don't know 
um, then you cannot set the boundary. And you will, sometimes when we don't know that, um, um, when I say don't know, like if you're not able to put them in words, you just have to observe like what, what is that triggers you, like what makes you upset? Because your triggers are those boundaries. Like if you get triggered by something, that is the boundary. Mm -hmm. And you may not know it as a boundary, but that is definitely a boundary. If somebody, something can trigger you up, get you angry, get you frustrated, upset, that is your boundary. Mm -hmm. So I would say know yourself, know those triggers. Um, the other thing is uh, make, uh, make those small choices invest in yourself like those choices are important whether it's a five minute walk sleeping early um not picking up the phone immediately when you get up whatever those choices are make those choices for your boundaries yeah. that's and amazing so that's tips on setting boundaries i love it so much Lastly, are there any affirmations or phrases that you tell yourself to get you through to making choices that shape your life? The one thing, um, I mean, I, I don't use affirmations a lot um, every day, but one thing I continuously tell myself as I'm challenging myself to do things and trying, I and it aligns a little bit on the spiritual side that I, every day I tell myself, I am not this body, I am not this mind. Like, because our body gives so much resistance, mm -hmm. our mind gives so much resistance. When I don't want to go to the walk, my body, I'm tired, don't go. Like, and, and in the moment, because I tell myself I am not the body, I'm not the mind, and I'm sort of asking this question, like, who is negotiating with who, right? Uh, because I know uh, um, spiritually that we are not this body. The body will remain when we go. We are not this mind. So there is something within, you may call it soul, you may call it spirit, but that is what is the light. That is what is the guiding light for us, right? So I want to be aligned to that. The more I say I'm not the uh, body, I'm not the mind, the more I'm able to listen to that light and see the light. So that is one affirmation I use every day, uh, especially when I'm negotiating with myself, like when I'm not wanting to do the things I know I should be doing, then I just like, who is saying that? Like I question it, mm. is this my body? Is it my mind or is it my soul telling me like, am I telling myself? And I make decision based on that, like, so yeah, that's my affirmation. I make decisions based on that. That's amazing that you're able to have conversations with your mind, your body, and that bright light inside of you. Man, um, you know what? That is a whole, that would be a whole can of words. Where did you get that from? Where can people figure that out? But um, it takes time. It's a journey. And if yes. you connect with people like Manpreet, they'll be able to talk to you and help you out. Is there any last minute golden nuggets you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Um, I, I would say that, um, just, just, uh, you know, we, uh, we all chase things like we are, somebody's chasing promotion, somebody that chasing money, somebody's chasing money. And there is time for it. Like when we are starting off a career, we want to make living. There is importance of money. I'm not negating that. That is important, but 
all those things are far less important than you being happy with yourself like so you know whatever makes you happy um whether it's spending time with your children watching tv listening music reading book going for a walk or just sleeping doing nothing right make sure you do that every day like even if for 5 minutes just do that and that will change because if you're doing something that makes you happy every day you'll get what you are chasing every day because you you know your outcome you're not making your outcome as the god whatever you're doing we are always trying to make it as the god but if you're happy then outcome is not a god and then that outcome comes to you a lot more quicker so just be happy because you being happy makes such a big difference for you and for everybody who's around you i hope everybody heard that <laughs> do something that makes you happy every single day and that also takes the responsibility off of the organization or the work that you're doing because you can do it yourself you could leave yes. that organization and still be happy over yes. without them <laughs> oh my god that's amazing such a good note to end on um thank you so much once again this has been absolutely not i'm your host katrina stroll i'm a certified career coach and a people consultant my amazing special guest today was manpreet bawa who is the founder and CEO of Intentional Incorporated. The information on how to contact and connect with him will be in the show notes when this is published. You can find a lot more information about the show for past episodes and what have you on my website, www.katrinastroll.com. Until next time, continue to be amazing. Set those boundaries and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Absolutely Not. Your support means the world to me. You can always further support the show by leaving a review or visiting the Support the Mission page on my website, www.katrinastroll.com. My website is also where you can register for upcoming live episodes, watch amazing past episodes of Absolutely Not, and buy Absolutely Not merch. Yay! Until next time, keep setting those boundaries and saying absolutely not to anything unaligned. See you next time.